It's always interesting to see how God works and how what seem like small things to, to us or seem like small things in the course of history can have enormous impact for a vast number of people. When we think of this event, right, you've got the Archangel Gabriel speaking to Our Lady, asking her basically if she will be the mother of God the Son. So if she will, be, if she will give God the Son a human nature, a human body. And the ultimate reason for that, the ultimate reason for Jesus becoming incarnate is so that he can die on the cross. Now, all of this, so like the opening of heaven, salvation for all mankind, all hangs on Our Lady's answer. Everything. So the salvation of mankind, is, it hangs on, because hangs on Our Lady saying yes or saying, well, maybe, maybe let's, you know, can, I, can I pray about this for a while? Or <clears throat> I thought, my understanding was I was supposed to be a virgin in, in the temple and, and pray there. So um, maybe I'd prefer to do that if that's okay. Can you find someone else? You know, so if in any way Our Lady hadn't said yes, then Jesus couldn't have become incarnate, couldn't have died on the cross, wouldn't have redeemed mankind. Everything hung on this like, phrase, this one phrase out of Our Lady's mouth. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let what you have said be done to me. Like, everything hung on that. It's, it's, it's typically called her fiat, fiat, which means it's from the, the Latin to do, so may it be done, may it be done to me. So, so often, as I say, critical things uh, depend on what appear to be very simple words or very simple actions. Okay, when it comes to today's feast the, of Our Lady of the Rosary, which was originally called Our Lady of the Victory, uh, the, the, the history behind it and its effects to our day, I think, cannot be underestimated. So the Ottoman Empire, they were uh, a Turkish empire, a uh, Muslim empire, were quite powerful back in the day. So we're talking this is 1571. So back around, around the early 16th century, the Ottoman Empire, like they were, they were like the Roman Empire of 15 centuries, well, uh, 17 centuries beforehand. They were incredibly feared. They were ruthless. And they would march into a country and just take it over. You know, they were, they were formidable. So, and keep in mind, uh, North Africa was Muslim. And then, like, you know, the Holy Land, up there you've got, you know, you've got Iraq, and they're not very far away, okay? So Europe is kind of, well, from my perspective, like, here, here's, here's Muslim, and here's Muslim. And then you've got Europe here, all right? Norway, Sweden, Finland, Ireland, England, France, and Spain, Portugal, uh, and the way over. So, like, there were Muslim forces on, on two of our sides, then the, 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 the America had already been discovered a century beforehand, so there was no threat from that side. But anyway, uh, the Ottoman Empire <coughs> were expanding. And they had decided to take up, uh, to, to, to launch their attack from a port in Greece, which was called by the Europeans uh, Lepanto. Okay? Now, the Europeans, we heard about this, we saw this was coming, but we didn't have a, un like, Europe was never one naval force. So it was never like, like the, the states in America where um, they have individual states, but they're all united as the United States of America. So we never had that in Europe. So we had lots of little countries or kingdoms. Uh, so to unite against a common enemy 
wasn't done very often. Apart from maybe the church being able to pull things together, it wasn't really done. So the Pope saw the danger because what would happen, you see, simply if the Ottoman forces arrived in Europe and then we were all infighting with our own little kind of local tribes and local kingdoms and all this kind of thing and they would just, they would steamroll through and then Europe would become Muslim. And then what do you do? How, how, do, you get, how do you get back? If, if Europe had become Muslim, how would you get back to Christianity? You know, it's not, it's not easy because you can't just go into a Muslim country and just start doing mission and winning people back. It doesn't really work that way. So if <coughs> the Ottoman Empire, if they had been victorious, this would have spelled, or this would have been the, the beginning of a completely different turn of history for, for Europe and for Christianity. It could have been the end of Christianity. Okay, so this is, this is serious, like, okay, it's a serious threat. So Pope Pius V sees this threat and uh, calls all of the known world, Christianity, to pray the rosary for a victory in Lepanto. Okay, so there were about 400 vessels. They were galleys, so they were man-powered rowing vessels. If you've seen Ben-Hur, uh, that's, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Um, a lot of the uh, rowers for the Ottoman ships <coughs> were <coughs> Christian slaves, actually, which also makes it that bit harder because you're trying to if you want to ram another ship, but you know, like it's actually being powered by effectively your own people, you know, awful moral dilemmas. Uh, but the bigger picture was they had to protect Europe. So a fairly hodgepodge last minute fleet was put together by the Christians. Don Juan from Austria was leading it. Uh, the ships were provided mainly by, by Venice. Uh, there were Italians and Spanish forces who had never fought together, didn't know each other, maybe didn't even speak the same language. Uh, and they, they banded together to defend Europe against the, the advancing Ottoman forces. About 400 vessels, 400 vessels even to this day is fairly impressive. 400 ships like, is, is fairly impressive. We had never fought together, so like, you know, tactics and that kind of thing, we'd never practiced anything. You know, we were just a, kind of a last minute <clears throat> force thrown together. So, as I said, Pope Pius V calls out for the rosary to be prayed by all people. People respond. People are, are, are praying the rosary, probably recognizing how crucial this battle is going to be. And during the battle then, at a crucial moment, the wind changes in favor of the Christians. So if you've got the wind at your back, it makes you faster, obviously. Uh, because you know any sort of a sail at all, you're rowing, you're rowing with the wind, so it makes you faster and more manoeuvrable. At the crucial time in the battle, the wind changed in our favour, and we were victorious. Christian forces were were victorious over the uh, the Ottoman Empire. So that was the last naval battle of that scale, of of that style as well. Uh, and Europe, the faith in Europe was protected, was defended, and then Pope Pius V <coughs> declared the feast of Our Lady of the Victory. His successor then uh, renamed it Our Lady of the Rosary. So we, we, we cannot underestimate, like as I said, the, the importance of, of that victory in, in, in 1571, even for our day, five centuries later. You know, Europe still has Christian roots. We can still practice our faith 
The church needs an awful lot of renewal, we know that, but at least we can do so freely. Uh, but it also, I think, underlines the importance and the power of the rosary. It's easy to underestimate the rosary, and I think it's probably it's easy to probably dismiss the rosary as well. I know when I was uh, a child uh, going to knock, so for any of you who aren't Irish, our national pilgrimage site uh, where Our Lady appeared uh, in 1879. Um, this is, especially when I was young, the roads all around there were pretty bad. So no matter where you lived, knock was a long drive. Even if you only lived like 20 minutes away, it still felt like an eternity before you got there. The roads were horrific. So we would always pray on the buses from going up from Thurles, three rosaries on the way up and three rosaries on the way down. And as a child, I used to find it very, very difficult to remain still for that long, to concentrate for that long, to pray for that long. You know, you'd be looking at everything, trying to do everything. And it's kind of typical Irish uh, understanding of, of prayer as well, where it's always quantity. Quantity is what's important. The more rosaries you get said, so same as fast as you like, just get them said. The more you get said, the better. Right? And so uh, even as a child, like, I used to find that very, very frustrating. Uh, so I kind of grew up not necessarily with the greatest <coughs> relationship with the rosary. I used to kind of resent it. And that paired with the fact that when we would pray our family rosary, we would generally do so at 8.30 in the evening. Now, the problem with 8.30 in the evening, for people of my generation, not like y'all, is that MacGyver started at 8 o'clock and finished at 5 to 9. And once it was over, that was it. It was over. We didn't have a video cassette recorder. We couldn't record it. And it wasn't like Netflix where you can just press pause and come back. So if you missed it, you missed it. And that was actually it. You'd probably never see that episode in your life. Right? So it was hard. You've no idea. It was, it was really hard. Okay? So when we decided to play the rosary, I saw MacGyver get into all sorts of fixes. I never knew if he came out. No idea how that episode ended. Haven't a clue. Uh, so then the rosary was always associated then with me not being able to watch my TV programs either. So, but ultimately, I think it's just so important to get again back to basics in our faith. The rosary is a gift from heaven. The rosary is, you know, it, it, it's a prayer given to us, which has the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, has the Glory Be to the Father, just a, a doxology, praising God, and then has the Hail Mary, uh, the first half of the Hail Mary, entirely scriptural. We've heard some of it today. Right, the Archangel Gabriel's words, Elizabeth's words, so hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Then our Elizabeth, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then asking Our Lady to pray for us now and when we die, asking for her intercession. What a powerful prayer. And as such, sitting on Our Lady's lap, looking at this photo album of the episodes of Jesus' life. This is the rosary. So the Annunciation, the Visitation, the birth of Jesus. So it's, it's, it's the, the, the rosary, let's, let's, let us never get this one wrong. The rosary is a Christ-centered prayer, like all prayer should be. It's, <coughs> it's all about the Lord. So I know it's, we, we associate with her already, and obviously uh, she is the one who, uh, if you will, as such, promotes it or, or calls us to it, calls us to pray the rosary over and over again in, in, Mar in authentic Marian apparition sites. But ultimately, it's, it's a Christ-centered prayer. right? She leads us to the heart of her son. So we sit on her lap and we watch these episodes and meditate, contemplate these episodes of Jesus' life. Then the resurrection, the ascension of the Lord into heaven, the coming of the Holy Spirit and the apostles. You know, we, we meditate all of these things with Our Lady. So she's not the, the end goal, but she guides us into this, 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 this prayer, which obviously she herself doesn't pray. She herself doesn't pray the Hail Mary. <clears throat> but she guides us to do so.
So she guides us then to, to use this spiritual weapon. And we need it today. The, the threat to, to our faith today isn't an armed force. Not in, not in most of Europe, anyway. But our faith is still under threat. It's under threat from a, a different kind of uh, force. We can be so tempted by, by comfort and so tempted by wealth and so tempted by popularity and political correctness and all that kind of thing that the rosary or prayer or Catholicism just don't seem to fit anymore in our lives. But we're good people anyway. That's a very, very large temptation and a very, very prominent one where we'll leave our faith because it's simply more comfortable not to have faith. It's a much more sinister kind of attack because it doesn't have a growling face with two spiky horns and a, a trident tail. It's much more subtle. It's much more subtle. Just, you know, be a, be a good person, but you don't need prayer. You don't need God. You don't need the rosary. You're, you're a good person on your own. You save yourself because you haven't done anything bad, so of course you want to heaven. You know, so that's the kind of battle we're fighting today, which is very difficult kind of battle to, 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 to engage in because, as I say, you don't see the enemy as ugly, dangerous, brutal, violent, like an armed force would be. So we need spiritual weapons in this battle of today. We need the rosary. We need the prayer of the rosary so that we can sit with Our Lady, kneel with Our Lady, and implore God's, God's mercy for ourselves, for, for Europe, and for the whole world. So we ask our Blessed Lady today, Our Lady of the Victory, Our Lady of the Rosary, to intercede for us and to intercede for Europe, that we may hold on to and defend this incredible treasure of our faith and make the Lord known and loved throughout the world. Amen.